0: welcome to the fitness and lifestyle podcast i'm your host dan kennedy and i'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself what's up guys welcome back to this week's episode of the show thanks so much for tuning in today and i really do appreciate you taking the time to to listen to the fitness and lifestyle podcast if you haven't already please do go and subscribe to the show Um, and as always if you get some value from today's episode i'd love for you to take a screenshot on your phone, post it up on your Instagram story for me, tag me, and um, I'd love to hear your feedback, but today's episode is a relatively short one, just wanted to get one out. Uh, this week, I, I put up a, a post on my Instagram story the other day, uh, asking people to send through some questions for a QA. and um, a so I thought I'd grab a handful of those that I think would be of the most value to, to everybody listening, and just go through those um, on today's episode. So, we'll get stuck into the first one, and it's a good question, it's not so much uh, fitness related, I guess, but... Um, how do you deal with difficult clients that have victim mentality have the victim mentality um, so i guess it is fitness related as in they, as if they're clients but this is a good question and it's it doesn't necessarily just like this doesn't just apply to to clients or you know trainers that are working with clients or whatever but i see it so often now i see so often how many people spend majority of their time in the victim mentality, you know, the poor me, um, everything bad happens to me, and blah, blah, blah. And the more time that I've spent recently learning, you know, about meditation, manifestation, the law of attraction, all that type of stuff is a lot of the time people that are in this headspace, that are in this kind of mindset are bringing it upon themselves. Okay, so yes, some people go through some some serious shit, and, um, and they have every right to be able to... to to feel a certain way about that or whatever. But for those people that it is constantly, you know, thinking that the worst things always happen to them, always complaining, um, always thinking that it's someone else's fault, never taking responsibility, never taking the blame for anything, this is just going to continue to manifest itself over and over and over again. And and it's it's, it's not really going to change. And at the end of the day, the only person that can change that is you. Even if things, you know, things are happening that you don't, don't think are going your way, you need to be the one that makes that change. You need to be the one that looks at it in a different way and takes a positive out of every situation. You need to be the one that takes responsibility for, you know, maybe the reason why you haven't lost fat, instead of instead of blaming your trainer or instead of blaming um, your genetics or saying you're big boned and all this type of crap. Take some responsibility. Maybe you haven't been sleeping enough. Maybe you haven't been drinking enough water. You haven't been consistent with your nutrition. You haven't been putting in enough effort with training. Or maybe it's only been like a few fucking weeks and you're just not ready yet. It's just it's just not. Takes time and consistency, but if you're constantly putting the blame on others, you're constantly talking about how everything goes shitty for you. Then it's going to continue to do so. You need to change that pattern and get your headspace out of wondering why things always happen to you. You know, there's a saying that a lot of you know God, uh, people in personal development often use, and guys like Tony Robbins and stuff like that, is that it's not about it's nothing happens to you; it happens for you. So, regardless of how you know, regardless of what it is. You are the one that can interpret whether that's a good or bad thing. Even if it seems completely shit, all right? Even if it seems completely shit at the time, there's always a positive to take away from it. There's always a lesson or something that you can use from that situation to move forward and make the next time better or take a positive out of each thing or or at least not sit there and dwell on how shit it is or how bad, you know, how unlucky you are and all this type of crap because like I said, it does manifest itself on and on and on. And in the end of the day, you need to take responsibility. You need to want need to be the one to change that mindset and start manifesting a better a better life and, and a more positive life. And um, and as soon as you do that, I think you'll really notice this massive release. You'll feel like a weight off your shoulders. You'll stop being so resentful and miserable every single day. You'll you'll understand that you can you need to take responsibility. Things will not always go your way, but there's always something positive to take from literally every situation. So hopefully, um, that's. Uh, Hopefully, I've been able to answer that question, okay? Uh, the next one here is, how do you go from a fat loss phase to maintenance calories without gaining weight? Now, I've done uh, multiple episodes on this topic in terms of um, you know, reverse dieting and whatnot, but um, so if you're in a calorie deficit, okay, so what happens when you're in a, in a calorie deficit over an extended period of time we have this thing called metabolic adaptation. So, your maintenance calories will most likely, if you've been in a deficit for a long period of time, will be lower than what it was before you started. Okay. So, and you know, obviously, if you've gone from a calorie deficit, say, you know, you know, before you started your diet, your your maintenance calories was 2,000, and you dropped down to 1,500 over an extended period of time. If you go straight back to 2,000, most often than not, you're going to gain. Gain fat at the start because you would just increase your calorie intake by so much. Your metabolism hasn't had time to adapt and 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 catch up. So the best way to to reverse out of a calorie deficit into a calorie maintenance to make sure you're not losing too much body fat is to make a a decent sized jump initially. So if we finished our our calorie deficit phase at 1500, maybe bump up to 1700 or 1800 initially. Now from there, we just want to see how our body responds over a week, two weeks, three weeks. Okay, so. You, know, you may see a slight jump in, in scale weight if you're using the scales or whatever. Um, you may not notice a difference at all. You may even lose more body fat because what tends to happen is we've been in a deficit for so long. Our body does get used to that calorie intake. We're not we're not expending as much energy. Okay, we're probably less um, less consistent with our calorie deficit. Our training may have dropped off. So when we bump up those calories initially, you'll find your training is better. You're expending more energy throughout the day just doing regular shit. Um, you're way more consistent and um, and and your nutrition your calorie deficit is now more sustainable because keep in mind if you've been in a large calorie deficit and you make a, an increase of you know say 2 to 300 calories from where you're at at the moment most likely you're still in a deficit just a small one so you can still lose body fat um, you know you'll feel much better you tend to like i said probably see a, an even further um, a f- an even further amount of fat loss when you make that initial jump but when we are trying to get back to maintenance once we once our body kind of Levels out so after one or two weeks of that increased intake, if you notice that everything's all sweet, you're not gaining weight at a, at a, a fast rate or anything like that, and everything's normal, make a small jump of say 100 calories. Okay, or maybe if you look at your intake over the span of a week and say you know you're having what is it, say 2,000 calories a day for seven days, so you're having 14,000 calories for the week. If you want to make an increase, then maybe even bump it up to say 14,500 or 15,000 calories a week and, and spread that out over the The seven days, however, you would like. But getting to maintenance is quite simple. You don't want to go too slow because it is just a waste of time. Because if you're going really slow from a deficit into your maintenance, you're just in a deficit for a very longer, uh, uh, even longer period of time. So bump that up um, relatively quickly, but just don't go too excessive and just listen to your body. Give it time. If you see a jump in the scales, don't freak out. Uh, Maybe water retention. You know, you're probably having more carbohydrates. Maybe some more sodium um, and and whatnot. So I would mainly go off how you're feeling how uh, in terms of your training performance, how you're looking in the mirror, how your clothes are fitting, and then use an average weight into, uh, an average weight using the scales if you are weighing yourself instead of taking you know, your weight once per week. So on an empty stomach, first thing in the morning, and um, take an average um, over seven days, and that's going to give you a better, a better reading. But hopefully that's answered that question. Um, as I said, I do have a full episode on reverse dieting, um, and the best way to do it, I think the episode is called What to Do Once the Fat Loss Phase is Over. I would highly recommend everybody go and check out that is listening to this at the moment that it is in a calorie deficit for summer. Next question here is, are the scales more of an important indication of progress when gaining rather than fat loss? This is a really good question. So, I mean, and I don't really have a a set answer for the question in terms of the fat loss. So I think, you know, when gaining weight, when trying to gain muscle mass, I think it is important as well to still be taking um, over, you know, in some way or another, um, keeping an eye on your weight to make sure that you're not gaining weight at a too fast of a rate if you're in a calorie surplus and your weight's spiking quite quickly, chances are it's fat loss and not muscle gain, so we want to be on top of that, so you're still taking maybe your weekly average and you know aiming for definitely no more than half a kilo of, uh, of gain per week um, at most, I think, and keep in mind that muscle growth takes a long time, so if you are seeing this consistent increase in weight week after week after week, chances are it's body fat and not muscle gain. So I think that is important to track your weight when you are in a surplus trying to gain size and muscle. Um, But when you're in a fat loss phase, the thing with the the scales in a fat loss phase is the leaner you are, the less, in my opinion, the leaner you are, the less uh, accurate the scales are in reading progress. So initially, when you start out a fat loss phase and say you've got a few kilos to lose, um, you know, you're right at the start, when you go into a calorie deficit, taking a weekly average using the scales is a great indicator of whether or not you are in a calorie deficit or too much or not enough or, or whether you're being consistent and what you're doing is working because you will see that that linear progression with the number on the scales will gradually go down. It should be anyway. But as you get leaner, that becomes less and less important because if you're training efficiently, right, so you're trying to retain muscle mass, particularly if you're starting strength training for, you know, you're relatively... Uh, you're a beginner, okay? So you're only just starting strength training and you're doing a fat loss phase. You very may well be increasing muscle mass as you go through your fat loss phase, which is not going to happen for everybody. But if that's the case and the number on the scales is not really changing or it's even going up or whatever, particularly if it's staying quite stagnant, you may be increasing lean muscle mass but reducing body fat. So the scale is never going to be the best indicator. But people look at that and go, well, shit, the number on the scale is not moving at all, I'm not making any progress. So then they change their nutrition, they change their training things just go all over the place and then you're very inconsistent, you don't see the results you want and it becomes a quite shit experience. So the leaner you get in a fat loss phase, I would still be, you know, if you're okay with it and you're not too fixated on the number on the scales, I would continue to be doing your weekly average just to make sure things aren't going completely sideways. But I would be taking a progress photo in the exact same lighting in the same position at the same time each week. I would be taking waist measurement. I would be, you know, going off the fit of your clothes, how you look, how you feel. These are great indicators of fat loss. and I know it is um, quite subjective these these things, but if you are purely basing your progress on the number you see on a scales, you're in for a shit time. I put up this on uh, on my story the other day. It's not always going to be the best indicator. It's really not always going to be the best indicator and it does really have a negative effect on people's headspace when they are in a fat loss phase trying to lose body fat because they feel like they're not making progress purely because the number comes up on the scales. You know, you have a perfect week, right? So you've eaten a calorie deficit and uh, you've trained well, you've been drinking plenty of water, you're sleeping well and you get to the end of the week and you're feeling fantastic and you look at your weekly average and you go, oh, fuck, it's, it hasn't gone down or maybe it's gone up a little bit and then you feel like you've had a shit week. So... That's not great for your motivation. It's not great for your headspace, and it's not going to be great for long-term results. So, to answer that question, whether it's better to do it um, in a gaining phase or uh, in a uh, in a fat loss phase, I would say both. But just keep in mind when you're in a fat loss phase that it becomes less and less relevant as you get leaner and leaner. And the thing is as well, like when I was super, super, super lean, the scales is fucking nightmare because depending on what, what I'd just eaten, that'd completely throw off what my, my weight was. So if I'd had something that was high in sodium and I was holding water, my, my weight would change drastically because I was so lean. It was so easy for it to change. So the scales for me became like less and less relevant. I don't even think I was weighing myself. In my last calorie deficit, where I went like really hard, I think it was, um, and got super lean. I wasn't even really weighing myself at all. I was just going off, um, off progress photos and you know I was doing skin folds um, each week as well. But, the number on the scale is crazy to see how much it could alternate, you know, give or take um, you know, up to up to like three kilos with water weight. So you can imagine how much that can throw someone off if they're looking at it and it's changed that much. So don't take it too too seriously um, as you get a bit leaner, but just make sure that it's all heading in the right direction um, over time. All right, what else have we got here? How do you prevent plateauing other decreasing your calorie intake by consistently exercising? <coughs> um, how do you... Okay, so, how I'm going to take this question is I'm not actually sure. Um, so, fat loss, I've got two, I'm going to answer this, I'm going to actually make this two questions. So, the first part of this question, um, I'm going to answer as how do you prevent a plateau for fat loss when you're in a deficit and you're doing the same amount of training. This is super, super simple and people think it's very hard and make some very stupid and drastic changes when it's not necessary but... If you're in a fat loss phase and you are consistently eating a set amount of calories or an average amount of calories for the week, your training stays exactly the same and nothing else is different. This is perfect. All the variables are the same. It makes it very easy to, to, to get out of that plateau and continue to lose body fat. So the first thing you can do is slightly reduce your calorie intake. Very simple. Always keeping your protein pretty much the same, if not you know, a little bit higher in a fat loss phase and just reducing your calories from carbohydrates or fats. The second thing you can do is increase your energy output. So this is where things like cardio come into play or maybe some more volume with your strength training. Um, maybe another walk during the week or get your steps up each day or just something something more to increase your energy output because that's, again, going to put you in more of a negative energy balance. Or you can do a super, super small amount of both. but You don't need to do anything crazy. You don't need to go, you know, when you reach a fat loss plateau, you don't need to go, oh, fuck, I'm going to drop like 300 calories from my calorie intake and I'm also going to do like two runs now on top of that. Because you've just made it very, made it a lot harder on yourself and it's so unnecessary. All you need to do is just slightly increase that the negative energy balance. Okay, and you will go out of that plateau again. All right, and, um, and it's very, very, very simple. And again, I've done an episode on how to bust out of a fat loss plateau. But don't make it harder than it needs to be. You know, with nutrition, make sure you're being very consistent. Something I like to do in a calorie deficit is have one to two higher calorie days per week. So my average calories is always the same. I just spread out my calories in a bit intake a bit different depending on what I've got on for the week or when I want to have higher days. Okay, so I've talked about this before. You know, maybe I go five days at a lower calorie intake and then add the calories for that, that I've taken from those days onto the sixth and seventh day to make those days a lot higher. So it's more enjoyable for me. Um, the following days after that, I train a lot better. Mentally, it's fantastic to have something to look forward to. But at the end of the day, my average intake for the week has been exactly the same so I'm going to be able to predict my results exactly the same as I would if I was having the same amount, seven days per week. That's something that I tend to like to do. The second part of this question, as I said, I'm going to break it into two questions, um, is how do you how do you uh, prevent plateauing um, with, with your training as you go into a calorie deficit? Now, the question I get a lot is when, you know, what I found anyway, when I went into a calorie deficit for a long period of time is that. My strength training does, at some point, will start to, to suffer a little bit and it can be quite, you know, quite demotivating, I guess, particularly if you've never experienced that before. You've you probably only ever experienced going into the gym and seeing results and getting stronger. So when you've been training for a long period of time and you go into a calorie deficit, you're going to start to notice that your training gets harder. Things like bent, you know, particularly I found pushing exercises, bench press, overhead press, squats, they all got a fuckload harder as I got lighter. Um, as my body weight went, went down, the difficulty of those exercises increased. Pulling exercises weren't too bad, but what I would recommend is really just trying to, if you get to the point where you're feeling like it's very hard to, to, to overload, put your focus on retaining strength, retaining strength and muscle mass, um, particularly on the exercise that you're struggling with most. If you can overload at any point in time, obviously do it, but if not, focus on retaining that strength and the muscle mass by keeping the bigger movements at the start of your workout while doing them while you're fresh, while planning your carbohydrate intake close to your training time if you find that workspace for you or staying hydrated, maybe using pre-workout, whatever it is, but, but really prioritize your bigger lifts so that you're not losing muscle mass. You may not be gaining it. You may not be gaining strength, but you're not going to lose it, which is going to make your fat loss uh, phase so much more um, effective and it's going to make it less likely that your training drops off um, too much, which is also great for, for the headspace um, as well. All right, let's get through one more question here. Um, who is hmm. oh? how long does it take to lose muscle okay this is a good question because I've been through something very similar recently and I think a lot of people can benefit from this answer how long does it take to lose muscle Um, five weeks into shoulder rehab after a small injury so I've had a shoulder reconstruction this year I've had my knee done as well um, and you know just I'm about nearly seven weeks post knee up and I've had a huge amount of atrophy on my on my leg on that side. So my my quad, you know, VMO, even like the outside of my quad, my calf, hamstring, has just all dropped off massively. And it's a huge difference. So for me, looking at that, it's very, it's very frustrating. And um and for people that don't understand muscle memory and stuff like that and don't understand how this all works, it can be very, very, very frustrating and quite scary as well when you look at how much muscle you can lose in a short period of time. But this also gives people a great indicator of how your body, how quickly your body can, you know, uh, decondition when you are inconsistent with your training. Okay, so I only had four to five weeks where I wasn't using my leg at all, really, like just kind of hobbling around, and I lost a shitload of muscle mass. Okay, a lot. So obviously, if you've got more muscle mass to lose, then you're gonna you're gonna notice the difference a lot more than if you don't really have that much muscle mass there in the first place. But it can happen quite quickly. But this is what you need to understand. So I'm gonna try and break this down very simply. Um, so in our muscle cells, as we, as we get stronger and we, uh, we increase our muscle size, like this, say, say you think of like all these tiny little circles inside your, um, muscle cell, inside the muscle, sorry. So they increase in size as you get bigger and that increases the size of your muscle. It hypertrophies, hy- I don't know what that word should be, hypertrophies, hypertrophies, either, either of those gets bigger, basically, is what I'm trying to say the muscle increases in size because we know that the only thing you can do with a muscle is increase it or decrease it in size. So that's what happens when we get stronger when we get, you know, bigger. Our muscle increases in size. So think of these little circles inside the muscle. They increase in size, they expand, they get bigger, and then we increase our muscle mass size. When we decondition, when we atrophy, those those little cells, those little circles just get smaller inside the muscle group. They don't go away. They don't just they don't just fuck off and go on a holiday and never come back. They're still in there but they just get smaller, they shrink. So that makes a muscle smaller, but they're all still there. So you've increased those over time. You've built those over time when you've been getting stronger and when you've been getting bigger. So they're still there, which is what muscle memory is. So when we go back to the gym, so now I'm getting back into my lower body training pretty much as of this week. So as I start to rebuild, it's going to be quite quick for me to get back to where I was compared to if I was starting from square one, starting from scratch. So my, my muscle memory is quite good now. So even though my muscle mass on that leg now is quite small, it's going to come back super quick, which is awesome for me because it makes it, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to get back to the size I was at quite quickly because I've had it before. So don't stress out. Don't get too anxious about you know, losing muscle mass. It is frustrating. I completely understand it. But you will be able to get it back and just make sure when you come back, you take your time and don't rush it. Just just be confident and, and, um, and know that trusting the process, it is going to happen. It will take time, but be patient. Do all the right things, and and you'll be sweet. You'll get back to where you were in no time, and um and you'll be able to continue on with your training and move forward, and uh, and get back to where you were, and and even better than that, improve even more, get stronger, get bigger, get leaner, whatever it is. But it will happen. Just take your time. So hopefully, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode, guys. Um, that was an enjoyable one, and hopefully, hopefully you've taken some value. From the show, if you have, I would really love it if you could take a screenshot of today's episode and post it on your Instagram story for me. I'd love to get some feedback. And uh, I'm super excited to chat to you again um, in the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. And, uh, of course, if you're not subscribed to the podcast already, please do. And if you're listening on Apple, I would love for you to leave a review or rate today's um, show to rate the podcast. And that would be much appreciated, guys. Have a great day, and I look forward to chatting to you again soon.